we have a lot of questions, and um, uh, I won't. I don't know if we're going to ask all of them. Please, someone, let me know as soon as we hit 3 p.m. because we want to finish on time. That's also another blessing of being at a good conference. And so, <laughs> um, because we have a lot of youth pastors here as well, and I think some of the youth ministry and youth pastors, because they're really the most important, if not more important than the EM right now, is um, this question. If you can be honest with your youth pastors, what would you say? Rebuke and or encouragement. Professor Kwan, would you like to answer that question? Because <laughs> I was his youth pastor. Of course, before. it would be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 What What would you say uh, in your years of ministry, looking back when you were doing youth ministry? What is it that he or she should be focusing, not only expanding the kingdom but for family, and also to be a team player? Well, um, so with the question, I thought about my, uh, the year that serving as a youth director. Um, uh, my senior pastor and uh, leaders, they, uh, they encouraged me a lot. They encouraged me a lot. And I realized that, you know, I feel like I, I knew everything, but, you know, I'm still young, right? So, um, and, and also it's my personality. Um, I mean, you are still young, so you still got to learn a lot, and uh, you may make mistakes. Uh, I mean, not bad mistakes, but uh, you are allowed. So, yeah, uh, through encouraging, I think uh, the, the pastors or leaders can learn a lot and have confidence. I think you guys are well-trained. Um, wrong grammar, wrong English. You figured it out what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just giving you a warning. My English is no good, but I try my best. Um, I think, you know, Kwon Moksanim, Moksanim, both of uh, my side, I think I'm a very different uh, background. I'm a, I never have um, youth ministry, anything. I'm a just first-generation immigrant person. I had a business or, you know, whatever. Then I went to American seminary. So first year, I don't know, I studied theology or English. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> I struggled a lot. Anyway, so this kind of context, um, when I was in Philadelphia, about 2,000 members church of an associate pastor, but still same struggle because a senior pastor really don't know speak English or culture and whatever that, even though he had children who grew up here. So uh, that kind of context I used to be, then come down here, there's only small congregation, two times the schism and whatnot. So simply I say that I didn't have experience. So whoever comes uh, youth ministry pastor, I don't have any choice. I have to love him and begging him stay. <laughs> so, uh, so no, no other choice. So I just, uh, even though, you know, I look at glance of you, nobody has a beard, but he has a little shorter one, but he has a really long one, sometimes a rubber band in it. 
Um, so my <laughs> KM elders is really shocked on that. And uh, they confront me, whatever that they want to ask to fire him. So I, I, can't, I kindly ask the elder, which are all the people, to ask him to, okay, I'm going to fire him, but next day you have to go there and uh, preach. So you can preach in English to them, maybe I'm going to fire. But you cannot, then be quiet. So I escaped that way. So I didn't have much choices. Thank you. <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm coming from different shoes. Um, I'm a, when I was youth pastor, that was a really uh, early stage of the you know, Korean American church. Um, we didn't have a much, and you know, just I remember one Sunday, uh, I have to preach from nursery, elementary, youth group up to the college. You know, that was the kind of ministry that I I am trained. So I have to really refrain myself sometimes that uh, I have to tell myself that there are different generation. You know, so. Um, you know, our church, actually, uh, we don't ask youth pastors to come to the early prayer meeting. I, I know that it will not do any good for them. So, <laughs> And uh, we don't even ask our EC pastors to, you know, come to the early prayer meeting. It's just, you know, senior pastors carry all that burden and you go. <laughs> we, we should ask. <laughs> um, but one of the advice, you know, for the youth pastor. It is not necessarily encouraging, but ministry is not easy. So um, it is, you know, you grew up, most of you grew up, because, um, you know, my, my children's like almost nearing 30 old, this one. So they never went through kind of a, you know, immigrant suffering that we went through. Uh, so I know that suffering, no matter what, your suffering is hardest one, right? It really doesn't matter, you know, who, whose suffering is greater or not. Always your suffering is the greatest. But I think that as, as a future, for the future of the, your ministry, you need to learn to discipline yourself. And I, I do see, um, I, I've been sharing this a lot to my youth pastor too, you know, like, you're not, we have uh, three youth pastors uh, doing the team ministry, and they are not even up there every Sunday preaching. And and you have no excuse that when your turn come, if you are scrambling your message that weekend, which means you didn't really discipline yourself. So you have to grow. This is a group, you know, great opportunity time for you to discipline and grow, so that then God, you know, has if if He has different plan, then He can use you. So don't squander that, you know, opportunity time. I think the next uh, question is. Uh, because uh, a lot of them are doing wonderful and very vibrant ministries, I also think that happened because they were able to pick the exact time to bring certain things into, um, uh, you know, like reading ahead, right? This is going to come, so we need to prepare as a church. So the question is, what do you see as the future uh, of the next generation? And if you can maybe share what is uh, that vision that you have for the next generation. I wonder if we can maybe start with uh, Pastor Paul and work the other way around. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, definitely that, you know, multi-ethnic uh, church is going to be part of the, your ministry uh, because uh, Korean immigrants, I mean, it's not going to increase. It, just by all means, it's going to decrease. What is a challenging trend these days is olden days, um, when one church goes diff- in a difficult time, then they all transfer to the Korean church, not anymore. In our areas, even first generations, they're all going to the Caucasian church. Uh, that's their refuge. I mean, it's good, at least they're going to church, but you know, some of the, my you know, Caucasian pastor friends, they complain that they come on Sunday, but they never you know, totally be a part of them. They just like, you know, so that, that is a trend. So it is challenging to us. Olden days, uh, there were some numbers out there you can do ministry, but it's not going to be, if you're just focusing on Koreans, it's, there's no future. So, I mean, there's no reason why the Korean church has to be the only Korean church, right? So that's the one thing that, but you, you know yourself. We're very Korean. And, you know, I, I challenge my um, EC members sometimes they complain. Then I say, look at your daily schedule and look at your weekly schedule. How much you know, non-Korean contact do you have? If you don't have it, then you cannot bring them in, right? So um, I think God has put us in our place that, uh, you know, that Christianity, not necessarily, you know, Western is growing, Western areas is growing, but uh, all those uh, Asia and Africa is still growing. Christianity, God never fails. And, you know, maybe this is the time that God's, you know, stretching us to reach out to the different people. So we, we have to think about different strategy. Um, so prepare yourself for that. And that, that and, uh, and, and you know that then also culturally a lot of interesting things are happening, you know, now that uh, it's not going to change. I mean, it will be very challenging for you. LGBT issue is going to be very challenging to you because I think there will be, uh, you will just, uh, we will just, you know, as a parent, uh, my time is like almost done, but I feel really, you know, concerned for the next generation of parents. They have a great burden on them. And as a church, you might have to really um, prepare for that. question we three of us always answer you know but because I'm the monitor I'm gonna okay <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just um, I don't have you know a vision or plan I don't have much of that insight mm. but one thing I just want to emphasize or show to uh, David or Reharvest ministry to there is out there so many people not knowing Christ. You know, is our Casey, KM, um, uh, takes about 10 years to really emphasize or whole church congregation together way of look at the church is not you know, you can label it mission or church or whatever, but, you know, there is people who never contact by church. I didn't know that many people in Orlando. 
uh, they have some mental problem or marital problem or cultural problem, but they never contact my Korean churches. So not 100% everybody does it, but we always consciously think about how many baptisms we had, those one person, how many really struggle to bring to know Christ. So whole church is always sitting and talking about how we're going to meet those non-believers. So as you know, the Orlando area, there is not many uh, Korean population itself, first of all. Second, those people who has themselves, they think they have a problem with their life, their shame mentality is never show anything. So what we try to do is go out somewhere, uh, Korean restaurant or grocery or, you know, just asking questions. Do you have any friend not going to church? So as soon as we meet those people and bring house church and just cook them, so it takes about two, three years, keep serving and sharing and their lives changing uh, testimony, whatnot, so they become a believer. Then we grow in the church. So um, how many people actually we baptizing one not? That is not second issue because we don't have much population here, Korean itself. But because church people are mostly congregation think that way always, you know, not own agenda, we have some, but still we always think about what, how do I meet those people who not never contact by church? I think that's very healthy, and um, people very uh, serving spirit is very lifestyle more, uh, not program-wise. And just people saying, oh, we have an EM conference. Who's going to do what? You know, everybody, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I, I didn't ask, just the saying, we're going to happen in this. So those things I really want to harvest ministry learn. So youth group, their parents is already doing at home, inviting their home very strange people, never met. But only one information is they not know Christ. So um, those kids, you know, they, since they're young, they look at that their parents are doing, bring stranger, eat, laugh, or their whatever that group meeting all the time. Um, the youth group is themselves is realized, you know, friends is non-believers and something like that. So I think I have, David had a lot of testimony about college group also bring a lot of non-believers, whether that's a Korean or not, you know. So that thing I really want to, uh, you know, next generation to church should be those Spirit is not only few people, but whole church has that kind of spirituality to look outside of a church. Mm. That's, that's what you. I'm trying to do. Okay. I already know what he's going to say. but <laughs> <laughs> um, The other question is, I would love to ask, uh, you know, um, Pastor Kwan, and from now on, there will be different questions. Who is your um, most formative mentor, influencer who drastically transformed the way you think about church, 
ministry as it pertains to your call? Well, I would say, uh, uh, Pastor uh, Reverend Ha, uh, Ha Yongjo Moksanim, uh, he passed away uh, five years ago, uh, served at uh, Onuri Church in Korea. Uh, you know, as I uh, told you uh, last night that I served, I had an opportunity to serve at the church about four and a half years. I learned, uh, I learned the passion, passion for the kingdom of God and passion for the church. Um, and also I learned that uh, whatever uh, he wanted to do, the only, the only thing is, is this. He's, he's, he's trying to do the it's ex- excellency. Uh, it's like a, not like a mediocre or just doing it, but excellency because it's a God thing. It's a God thing. So uh, I, learned, uh, I learned that from him. So, um, you know, whenever I do something or decide to do something, uh, you know, I wanted to do my best to, to give all the glory to God. So uh, like excellency and the passion, uh, passion for church and the kingdom of God. And uh, now to uh, Pastor Paul. Um, if you had an opportunity to look maybe 10 years from now and you're standing before your members and congregation and you're giving your last official sermon as the acting permanent senior pastor of ODPC, what would you say to them in the intergenerational to the EC and the KC congregation? Why do I get all the hard questions? Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, that's, that's actually a very challenging question. I like to see that, you know, I like to tell them that continuously uh, share the blessing that God has poured upon us. Uh, you know, let the, the blessing and grace flow out of us. Do not stop doing this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, I, I've been thinking a lot about one, one I think it was, uh, um, yeah, in my age, this is the problem is I just don't remember the name very well. <laughs> 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 um, Jim Collins actually said it in one conference that if your church does not exist, who's going to miss you? Mm-hmm. Question, you know. If our church does not exist in London, miss like large church and then who's going to miss you I think that's the something that I like to tell my congregation that mm-hmm. how do we like to remember it you know, we are not going to exist forever mm-hmm. but God has given us I really think that when we first came as immigrant um, you know this American society accepted us so generously mm-hmm. and provided us the time place for worship and all that now we are in a giving end, and we, we really have to give it to you know, what we received abundantly. To There are many people out there, as Moksanim said it already, who need to hear Christ, not just with your words, but with your action. And so continuously be a you know, door, open door of the grace flowing from us. That will be my last message. Thank you. Pastor, there was a question here. Uh, and some of us here are gathered who are in their 20s and 30s. 
What are some things that you wish you knew back when you were in your 20s and 30s that you can maybe share with people here? No, Pastor Ngi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are some things that you wish you knew back when you were in your 20s and 30s that I you feel can? Like an inquisition here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, I'm a 61 years old. I don't remember when I was 20. <laughs> Very convenient. But um, unfortunately, I'm 20s or 30s. I was not um, pastor. Mm. I was. Um, I had a general, general, general merchandise store in Third Avenue, Bronx, and mm. I had a Patterson sneaker house. Wow. I driving school bus, <laughs> all kind of uh, job I've been through, but it, it's all helped me to uh, my uh, ministry as not as a pastor's uh, situation. I rather see what. Uh, my congregation way of think how they come to church, why they come in, and that kind of stuff. So um, 20 years, 30 years, I've been in the church because my major was music. I was always a conducting choir. So whether I like or not, I always sit down up front, and I look at the, my pastor all the time. And uh, my mind, said, mind always questioning, wow, that's a great sermon. But I don't know what to do, though. <laughs> you know, um, love each other. Then I look at the uh, enemies around. <laughs> but I don't know how to love them. <laughs> so I figured it out. Oh, okay. I marry one woman. About three years later, there's an enemy right there. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love my wife now. On. <laughs> so that's 20 years, 30 years. I was always questioning myself. This is a great sermon. This is a good thing, but I don't know how to do it. So that kind of thing is make make me as a pastor. I just give my church congregation persecution and all those hardship. So, in other words, uh, practice things. You know, I oftenly say we are naturally. Someone find out he or she is not fit me. They cause trouble. Then people usually depart those struggle. But Christian is actually that beginning point of your actual practice of what you learn from Bible or Jesus or whatever you call. But actually that struggle, starting point of that practice, that thing. So for example... We have a groups, and uh, they, they struggle. And uh, pastor, I cannot deal with this person. I got to go different group. Then forever and ever, they stay together. <laughs> <laughs> so until they pray or Bible study, whatever, Holy Spirit help them to overcome their struggle. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of testimony. So when I was 20, 30 years old, I had a lot of questions. This is a church, and great sermon I heard. Then when you get out and ask, you know, tell pastor, it was a great sermon, sir. Then get out in parking lot, then they're fighting and everything because they're parking space. 
So that kind of thing is I had a really struggle. Okay. But that's why I hear is struggle is not an issue anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's an opportunity. Opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems like just like what he said that a lot of the formulation of what he believes as ecclesiology came from his own kind of view of the church. And um, the question that was uh, highlighted with stars next to it uh, was, um, if you look back in your uh, ministry, and this is for all three of you, uh, what would you have done differently? That was the question that I think I saw about four different times. What would you have done differently in your ministry? Well, as a youth pastor, um, probably because, you know, I, I did not grow up in the church. I did not know uh, much about it. So my, one of the, my regret is I spent a lot of time with my uh, student, but I didn't train them more. Uh, that, that's my regret. Um, so then later on, you know, I learned that there's a discipleship. I never heard the word discipleship when I was youth pastor. So that, that's one of the, my regrets. But fortunately, you know, gratefully that, uh, and then also very ironically, my problem kids all became a pastor. So <laughs> that's good news. But if I do it again, I'll be very strategic with a given time for me because, you know, once they move on from the youth ministry, then basically they're on from the college. The youth is such an important time. Uh, I wish I knew that then I would have spent more one-on-one uh, -on -one discipleship with them. Uh, but I don't know, just these days also that I don't, your circle, but I see in our areas, discipleship is kind of disappearing. There's always a lot of big event and event-oriented ministry. But if I do it again, I'll invest more one-on-one -on -one discipleship and raising a leader for the future. <laughs> well, uh, only thing I regret, I think about it is, why don't I went to uh, seminary a little bit earlier? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think it depends on how you look at it. Um, you know, those hardship, um, I think we are Christian, and if we really believe in Christ, his power and his grace, I think... Uh, we should choose a struggle or suffering uh, because that only happiness is really come after overcome that thing. If you avoid those suffering, I mean, your life is boring, I think. Uh, so that's how I see it. When I went to come to this church, 60 members, five groups politically, 12 elders, <laughs> because we are Presbyterian church. <laughs> yeah, those, those 12 elders, even we don't know where they ordain those elders. <laughs> yeah. But when I, when I look at that, I don't know why I think that way, but I'm, when I look at that, I didn't, as a suffering, I, I, I look at, of course, you know, if we do not biblical church going that direction, it's going to be resolved. And also, as a pastor, I have to make what is a true church is, I have to show to them. They never learned 
Devosee, PCUSA, they always are politically, you know, always a meeting, election, and they never pray how to, how to pray. They never relate to anybody suffering, but they hold them each other. They never learn. They always a politics and argument, and you know. So, um, so I, I just uh, only thing regret if I have a little bit early as a pastor. I think a longer pastoring, I think more fruits. But unfortunately, I almost done now. <laughs> but still, still, but still, David is here. So uh, my hope is uh, abundant. <laughs> I would say instead of uh, regretting, uh, I, 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 I'm kind of lack of, and I wish, uh, what I wished uh, is, you know, as a Korean-American uh, church pastor, as a youth pastor, director, uh, I was so limited um, uh, in terms of to... Let them to experience the bigger picture. Uh, so I hope, I hope, uh, you know, it, it, I mean, now it's 21st century. I hope our pastors, uh, EM or youth directors, I hope that I want you to give your kids have a more broad, have more broad picture. Okay, instead of just coming to church and just do things, church things, and just go back to school. But instead of, I want them to have really the, uh, the big vision. Um, and so they can find out what's the purpose in my life. And, and so uh, hope that you can um, kind of give experience so they can have more exposed uh, to whole world. And so what, what I can contribute to this world. Yeah, so... Uh, during my, you know, my time, my age, I, I was so limited. I was so limited, and uh, I don't really can think of a bigger picture. Uh, but I, I think uh, you are, uh, you are very eligible, um, and so you can really um, disciple them and raise them as a really godly person. Because, you know, serving at Korean American Church, uh, the the first generations, uh, they're they're training and they're they're praying, they're wishing for their kids, their children is always is American dream, it's American dream, you know, uh, just focus on wealth and health, right? And so, even though they are a Christian, uh, do they have a kingdom dream? Do they have a kingdom dream? I think that's a challenge. That's a big challenge for. Korean American Church and uh, our next generation. So I hope that I, I hope that you can really give them the vision that they can have the the kingdom dream, kingdom oriented, and so they can see the world and why am I existing, and so they can really think of their future and they they can grow up with that vision. So um, you know they can really uh, serve and uh, bless. Uh, the society and the country. Thank you. Uh, these uh, next three questions would be more individual, not all collective. Uh, Pastor Paul, there's a question, and um, I think they mean it in an in understanding. How can they understand better? But they said, what do you see as the biggest or greatest fault or mistake that the first generation senior pastors have made when it comes to the second generation pastors in church? 
Well, I, I, I think that first-generation pastors, because of the, our limited experience, um, there are many, way, many different ways of uh, you know, building the God's kingdom through the church, but they insist on the way that they are so used to doing that. So, like, even the, you know, church, I see um, English congregations sometime, and, you know, I, I go visit here and there. Unfortunately, they are doing exactly, you know, same thing that we used to do. You know, I guess that's what they see from us. Um, so, that, I think that's one of the things. That, I mean, that was our limit, but also we didn't really give them, uh, as a, you know, James said that, to see bigger picture, and they are in the, you know, you guys are in a different place. You have uh, all that training, resource, and this time-wise, this is very opportune time to, you know, reach out to just beyond, uh, you know, our Korean race. Or There's just so many opportunities out there, but we just sometimes just put them into the, that Korean boundary and kind of limited them. So I like to see that release them and just really experience and practice uh, whatever that God has given them as a strength. We like to see. So this ministry has to be all different way. That's why I always tell people that whenever I got a presentation that don't try to make another ODPC because ODPC is something that happened to be what fits for us. But just to get the principle and think about what does God has know, what kind of vision that God has drew me kind of thing. Just dream big. Pastor Engi, there's a question, and uh, it's very future uh, ahead looking. It said, how can the EM support the KM in 20 years? And what will the KA or Korean American church look like in your wisdom and Answer is I don't, don't know. know. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but I think um, I keep tell DL. I just you are my uh, retirement plan. So, <laughs> <laughs> but even though uh, he's my retirement plan, between that, I think uh, my next pastor, I, I'm gonna retire within a five years. So, um, my next pastor, I think, is very important. How relate to him and how he look at the church. So um, I cannot see uh, 20 years, but uh, as Moksanyim said, um, is Korean immigrant population is shrink, but at the same time, even Orlando, we are very dim- different demographic right now. Uh, here is a lot of people come to study two, three years, or golf, um, you know, professional golf training. So people are all just come and go. So we find out this person is one year staying, then within a year, they have to know the God. You know, that kind of strategy we have to try to develop. Three years, we have a little bit relaxed. Five years, have to be a church leader and practice, then send them back to Korea. Um, so it's, demographic is very different right now. Um, before, you know, first generation, most people are 
own business, and even my church, uh, it's a small church, but still, there is many people in um, salary or working for company, not own business. So this demographic is always change. But it's down the road, I think, um, you know, harvest ministry is, um, you don't have to be Korean. You don't have to, uh, language barrier, you don't have to face it. So I think there's a possibility is abundant. But one thing, as I said before, uh, how much we have dealing with own agenda as church, or we really go out to get the people who not know Christ. I think in that sense, I think Harvest is a much real church than first-generation church. We are very culture-oriented. You know, older and older, you know, as he mentioned about the drum in the uh, church or not, that's an issue. Uh, whether, you know, God's beer is there or not, that's an issue. <laughs> but, you know, that issue have to break through. It takes a time. Those people offending his outfit, whatever that is, now half of them in the heaven. <laughs> I had a lot of funeral for them. So um, I think my generation is pretty much the same sooner or later. And, but, you know, young people, not only second generation, even the first generation, Korean-speaking generation, is not Korean 100%. You know, some people are never asking kimchi anymore. So, I mean, that dynamic, I think that's not a hindrance. I think that's a, a positive diversity. We have more opportunity. So I'm really grateful to see what Harvest Ministry can, can be 20 years later. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, pastor James, uh, another question is, as a senior pastor... Uh, what do you expect your associate pastor to do beside growing the ministry in size? I think a lot of us, we, we say, we don't know what he wants. Um, maybe you can tell us, what is it that the associate pastor should do? I always learned, 모든 영광은 단위 목사님께. From my dad. My dad's a pastor too. <laughs> but I mean, realistically, what, what should the associate pastors be doing to further the vision that you receive from the uh, from God. Well, you got to work 120 <laughs> percent. Um, you know, um, well, I guess it's a personal. It's it's not it can represent all you know first generation pastors. But you know, personally, you know, parents wants to see their kids doing well, right? Uh, so, as a senior pastor. It's the same thing, you know, as a part of my uh, uh, team, uh, part of my family. So I want to see uh, this person or uh, I want to see them to really enjoy and growing and, uh, you know, uh, bearing uh, good fruits, many fruits. Um, so that's, that's what I'm praying for. And... Um, it's not like, uh, you know, we are not here to 
make a product, good product, you know, in every case. And so, uh, uh, you know, I see as a family, I see as a church, as a community. So uh, I, always, I always like, you know, from, from the beginning to end, I always asking that uh, I want you to have a good relationship skills. I want you to really relate it uh, with other co- colleagues and with other partners. This is a family. Uh, you know, this is a koinonia. And so, uh, I mean, if you're, if you're excellent, you're doing, if you excel your ministry, that's great. But if you cannot relate to other people, I mean, you know, it's not going to be a dream team. Mm-hmm. So uh, as, as an associate pastor or as a, you know, director, I hope that, uh, yeah, I hope that you have a really good relationship with other uh, colleagues and with a senior pastor. And that way, um, that way uh, you can really uh, enjoy your ministry and grow. And, and uh, adding to that, um, I want you to, it's my experience, I want you to really respect, respect uh, uh, first-generation pastors. Uh, no matter who they are, I want to have, or, uh, I want you to respect. I see, I kind of see that uh, many uh, Korean American, I mean, you know, second generation pastors, it seems they don't really respect their uh, senior pastor. Uh, if you don't respect, it hurts you. It's not hurting him, it hurts you. If you don't respect, then you're not going to learn anything. Mm. Uh, from from your pastor and from your church, and so uh, respectation is that word is really important. And uh, try to learn uh, from your pastor. Uh, you know, even though uh, there are lack of let's say language or they don't know about more about the culture, but if you respect them, uh, I'm. Very sure you're going to learn a lot uh, from that person, and it's going to benefit uh, your life. Okay. Um, this question is a little bit more fun. We want to know about your personal lives. Not too much, uh, but enough. <laughs> so um, maybe the order should be uh, Pastor Ingi, Pastor Paul, and uh, Pastor uh, James. If you can develop a new hobby, what would it be? But what is it currently now? Is it? You can't. You can't say praying all day. <laughs> um, my hobby is work. <laughs> uh, you know, our church members already knew I'm a workaholic. But problem is, I never consider it as work. Mm. You know, I was uh, um, um, Coldwell, New Jersey. I had a vegetable store. I supply uh, all. Um, extra fancy fruits to the um, Jewish running uh, fruit basket store and also I supply all vegetables to the uh, diner. It was uh, about two, three hours a day I sleeping. Rest of the day I working. You know, go to Hunts Point to carry the gun because the robbery always there. And uh, all night, 2 o'clock until 6 o'clock shopping. Then 6 o'clock, I collect whatever I'm shopping and put it in the truck. 
and across, the, across those George Washington Bridge, start sleeping. You know, still I'm here, you better glad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that kind of thing I did about one year, my body didn't work much, so I quit. I always think about that, that you know, called yachekage. You know what I mean? Uh, that, that fruit store working compared with uh, pastoring, this is a vacation to me. Mm. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, only my case, actually. You, you asked me, right? Yes. Yeah, so yes, I have to tell. <laughs> yeah, so this Orlando, Disney World. <laughs> you know, those uh, uh, professional football teams, you know, they have a. Uh, uh, some kind of World Series, basketball is going to, baseball is going to. But anyway, you know, people ask me, yeah, Super Bowl, they ask, where are you going to go? Disney World. I'm living here. <laughs> so, of course, I had a struggle, you know, a lot of people, like um, almost a mental disease level. You know, some people just kicked my door and come in and I want to, you rough this church, you know what? But, but I'm, I always think about, I'm so sad. You know, 60, 70 years old, come to as a Christian, why come out like that? So I'm pity on him, or rather, instead, I'm afraid of him. So I just, negotiation. <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, you know, Korean and American joint is called koshilization. <laughs> Yeah, so my hobby is kind of work, but I really enjoy with the people. Mm. And um, we have about 300 Korean congregation. It, I think 300 people are maximum my ability. So I really personally relate to how they live, how they relate to children, you know. And uh, so um, because I start pastoring late, uh, every day is my um, precious day, uh, whether this is a problem, suffering, or enjoyment, success, is all come to me, joyful day. So that, that, that is my hobby, wow. I think. I feel, really, I feel really bad for Pastor Paul, who has to answer this stuff. <laughs> All of us should take uh, no vacation for this year. Uh, ministry is vacation. <laughs> well, um, there is one thing that, you know, mm. my bucket list is I like to learn um, that I love water sports. So I've been thinking about that, um, you know, those individual canoeing things. I like to get the yeah, kayaking or that, that, that has been my one thing that I like to do it after I retire. I'm not, ministry is not my hobby. <laughs> <laughs> so I like to do that in, you know, Potomac River one day, but I never had a chance to do that. Currently, I, I love sports, so um, if possible, uh, once a week, um, go out and play golf. Uh, mm. So... Not necessarily, it's very, you know, it, I don't think it really happens much. Lately, I haven't been able to do that, but, yeah, that's my, sports is my hobby, so either I do, you know, walk around and exercise, and I need to get away, and 
Oh, yeah, that's right. Lately, I started doing biking, and then I forgot that you know, I'm not as young as I used to be. I hurt myself. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's my hobby, you know, getting away from uh, um, ministry and doing outdoor stuff. Because most of the time, that, uh, I'm in the office. So, sure. Yeah. Well, Pastor Inge said, uh, you know, people said he's a workaholic, but he doesn't think he's a workaholic. Uh, it's the same to me. Uh, people, I don't think I'm a workaholic, but uh, my wife said I'm a workaholic. Uh, so I admit that because my wife said so. Um, but, you know, as, uh, as um, I mean, we called. We called by God to do his work. And so that's our pr- first priority. And. You know, we're we're dying for it. We're dying for it, right? So, ministry, yeah, it is. Uh, it, it's, it's everything. It's everything. Um, but you know, we, we need we need time to refresh ourselves and how to refresh. And so, you know, in terms of a hobby, I love to play. Uh, I love to play sports. Uh, the, the anything with ball. So like a basketball or tennis or soccer, anything uh, with ball. Yeah, and of course, yeah, golfing too. Um, so I used to play. I used to play. I mean, you know, I'm not a great, great player, but I used to play basketball, but I stopped many years ago because uh, I, made a, I made a jump shot, jump shot. And, uh, it, you know, it was, I mean, very, uh, it was very good. I felt really great. So my wife was watching uh, on the line. So I asked, honey, did you see? Did you see my jump shot? And, and she told me, did you jump? <laughs> <laughs> I felt, I, I think I did a jump shot, but my wife said. And so from the time, I just gave up the <laughs> basketball. And now, um, I mean, you know, busy with, uh, yeah, busy with uh, ministry. Uh, and you know my schedule and everything. If I have time, you know I, I go out. I mean, like uh, you know, Shimbang, and vis- visiting, go to like hospital and things. And so, whenever I have time these days, um, uh, I, I love to, I love to play golf. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm I'm in Orlando right now. Because when I'm in Seattle, I, it's, hard, it's hard for me to go out and play. Because always ministry is number one. Uh, you know, there are people who are sick. And there are, there are people who are, have a problem. So uh, even though my wife said, just rest, just rest. But, you know, I can't really rest. I, I got somehow. I, I, and I kind of is part of like guilty feeling. If, I, if I'm resting, uh, you know, I'm kind of having a guilty feeling. So... Uh, I rather, even though it's tired, I rather to go to uh, you know go to visit. So, so I'm in I'm in Orlando right now, and this this is a you know great opportunity to play golf. But nobody really asked me. Uh, <laughs> finally, DL kind of asked me yesterday, Pastor Kwon, do you want to go out golf? And I'm so glad, but uh, he he doesn't really insist me, so I'm still here. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and I'm 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 trying to coach uh, Paul Moksanim to go out tomorrow morning because he said he doesn't have any schedule tomorrow. Yeah, um, but yeah, I do. Uh, you know, I asked my wife to uh, uh, to play play golf, but she she didn't know how to, and she she 
she doesn't really enjoy that. But I thought about, you know, when we get older, uh, what we're going to do together, what, what kind of hobby mm-hmm. that we should have together. And so I kind of begged her, asked her, and finally she learned and she's enjoying it. So whenever uh, I, uh, we have time, we go out together um, and just play golf. And the golf is, we just enjoy yeah. the nature and the, the sightseeing and you know, you, you, you talk pretty much for about four hours. So mm-hmm. it's really great. So yeah, I, I enjoy uh, playing golf with my wife. Yeah. You shouldn't feel guilty to have uh, some break. I mean, someone having a too much is a problem. Because right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think if you don't have a break, then your creativity drops. Mm. Uh, so we're in nature, pastors, we're all alcoholic. You know, whenever my wife's very happy, um, that's the time that I'm resting and doing something, non-ministry things. Mm. That tells to me that I don't do it enough. <laughs> You know, some wives get really upset, husband doing this and that. My wife's so glad that, you know, because these days I am not taking Monday off. Mm. Uh, I'm in the office Monday, but I'm taking Thursday off. Um, good thing is that if I take Monday off, then I, I'm always behind the ministry. But bad thing of, uh, about having a Thursday break is that when you get busy, you don't take day off. That, that's, that has been a problem, so... My wife's question is that, so what did you do today? Whenever she comes back from the work on Thursday, did you go out and do something not related to the ministry? <laughs> <laughs> so hobby is important. You know, you're going to burn out otherwise. You, you have to have some healthy hobby that doesn't take too long of a time. Yes. Well, the real question is uh, if the senior pastor and the EC pastor goes out and golfs together, but the English pastor is better, what should he do? <laughs> uh, That's what you think. <laughs> um, yeah, we're afraid of the answer because if you're better, if you're better, that's all you do. <laughs> uh, this is a question I think with some of our youth pastors, uh, but you know, in general, uh, back when I was, and I'm sure it was with you and and David and Pastor John, if you could play basketball and you can play guitar, and you can speak English, you are the top candidate for a youth pastor position. But now, as a senior pastor, handpicking youth pastors, or even pastors, what do you look for qualities? Not just gifting, but help us to understand why you choose these people to work as part of your team. And, and I would like to ask all Maybe uh, let's let's time. We'll start with Pastor James and work our way down to Pastor Paul. Well, I think I already said, and so I'm going to pass to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me give him a time, a little bit of time. Yeah, but I, as I said, uh, you know, the relationship skills. That's what I really most count. Um, so I want you to have. Uh, I want you to have. Good, good self-image, mm-hmm. you know, about yourself. If you have uh, inferiority, if you're unhappy, I don't think you can really uh, creating a good community uh, in your ministry. So, um, you know, have a good self-image and, and who you are. 
you know, you are you are loved, you are loved by God, and so uh, I want you to. Uh, it's always it's always uh, you know, I'm trying to, as a senior pastor, uh, what 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 is senior pastor role? What what is it? You know, I'm here to serve my uh, colleagues. Uh, that's that's my position. So. I want you to really uh, look around, and then I want you to have this kind of mind that how can I help my next person? Uh, you know, I do my own things. I do my ministry. I got to do my best for my own ministry. But if when you have an extra hours or extra energy, you know, what's going on? Uh, what's going on? And then is there any, any area or any people that uh, need my help? I think a youth pastor, if I have to uh, pick, I'm going to ask David. <laughs> because uh, he has to deal with him, and um, I'll just take care of a KM. But um, as, I, as I said, you know, if I look at uh, pick one as a submission, um, you know, uh, respect, um, that obedience, in other words, we can put in a very teachable person. As a um, 30 years uh, immigrant life where I go into church those 30 years, um, I have a lot of um, fruits right now. Uh, sad thing is that even my church, um, those generation, my and up, 60, 70, 80 years old children, when 60, 70, 80 years old people, 30, 40, 60, uh, 50, 60, that their church has a lot of problem. So when their children grow up, they're watching, it's, it's not that good picture. Um, so even though among that generation, uh, you know, bring up those uh, pastors, um, seems like a um, picture of a church or their experience is not that bright. So... Someone who has a teachable or submissible, I think, you know, opportunity to learn is a very good time right now. Mm -hmm. So if someone who, whether um, what kind of background they have, they really love the Lord, they, you know, really love the soul, um, you know, I think somebody who is teachable, I think we better pick. We have uh, <clears throat> three categories we look into when we are going through the pastor search. Mm -hmm. And the order goes like this, chemistry. Because uh, we think team chemistry is so important. And mm -hmm. church of our size, um, we, you know, w which is true that I spend more time with them than, you know, spending my time with my wife at home. So that's the nature of the ministry. So chemistry is very important. And then second element that we always look into is integrity. Um, because integrity speaks much louder than talent. Mm. And then, you know, you need to have also some confidence to write that talent. You need to be able to do what you need to do. So, um, you know, whatever the pastor English or your teacher, it has to be all under that. But for us, the chemistry is most important. Because if he cannot... Although he is very talented, if he cannot get along with the existing staff, 
it just means nothing for us. So for us, it is chemistry. All the other questions that I have are kind of in the same neighborhood, and I've already asked them. We don't have to finish early for those people who have to go all the way to 3 p.m. So I want to give some last-minute um, opportunities for you to maybe direct a question to one of our panelists. And uh, by the way, we have 20 minutes left, so if you guys want to maybe ask, we can ask. If not, we can kind of end early. Great. Okay. I think that's a question to all three. Yeah, all three. Would someone like to maybe be the representative? <laughs> no one wants to. <laughs> I, I don't struggle. <laughs> we never struggle. <laughs> I'm bulletproof. <laughs> well, I think to me, is your perspective is so important. Mm. Um, when we, I use this term. My wife said, "Don't use that term. It doesn't fly well with." you know, younger generation, but I remind myself I signed up for this, you know. So when uh, Timothy was uh, suffering, um, Paul's advice was that remember who you are, mm. and you are the soldier. You know that when you're a soldier, um, civilians, for the civilians, something that is a suffering, for the soldier is not a suffering. That's mm. part of the, their life. Um, and, you know, like you, you said that, you know, our prayer, all that, uh, you know, can just give us a little bit more practice. For my case, when I'm suffering, um, going back to the cross is the best part. And I remember when I was really, you know, struggling with my elder, um, I was praying. And the Lord spoke to me very uh, softly. You know, you just see him maybe once a month in an elder meeting once a month, you know, take a meeting. I remember that I lived with day in, day out with uh, Judas Iscariots for three and a half years. Mm -hmm. And until last minute, I gave him an opportunity to turn around and I washed his feet. So that, that really uh, changed my attitude. But that, that's, you know, ministry is all about. Mm -hmm. You carry your own cross. But in the time of the suffering, I think that's the time that you will, in personal level, really experience Christ. Amen. So that's one of the blessings of the, the suffering, I think. Okay. Question? Yes. Um, when we have um, conflict or struggle, um, I think it's a personal preference, but, uh, um, you know, so many different kind of suffering or struggle. 
So I think uh, we have to, as a pastor, get to know him very good at it. So, um, you know, it's a funny story I have. When I come to this church, people have uh, Apostles' Creed that is in worship order. But everybody just uh, mumbling or not really they put on their heart. You know, because I'm a pastor, I know that. People doing it, they don't know that. <laughs> so <laughs> I just skip that worship order. Then five elders call me. Then uh, confront me, said, Pastor, don't you a Presbyterian pastor? How could you skip that thing? <laughs> so I ask a question. Is that really Apostles' Creed? Or... <laughs> you really have a problem with a Presbyterian church with Apostles' Creed? Or you don't like me? <laughs> so please like me. Uh, we like each other. It doesn't matter that Apostles' Creed is in worship order or not. We can uh, overcome those struggles. So I try to very personalize and wet why that struggle come from? Uh, what my experience is, especially PCUSA churches, mostly come from uh, book of order, uh, you know, how they spending money, or all those up front is kind of sounds like a really issue. But what I find out is uh, that is behind usually Husband and wife struggle. Uh, their store is not that good. Some way, somehow, I feel bad about somebody. Then that, that problem is bring as issue of money or whatnot. So usually I just bring up what is the core issue is. And uh, so I think my church members pretty much like me. Um, so <laughs> I make them like me. Whatever I said, it's, it's not much problem anymore. Uh. So, you know, my church congregation, people, we as a pastor, we always think about church and Bible and how do I preach. But the other hand, our church members are always meditating money. <laughs> They're not really worried about your ministry. They always worry about how much I'm making this month. Mm. You know, of course, some fanatic, religious fanatic maybe in your church <laughs> come to, you know, glory of God and whatnot. But calm down. You know, bottom line is a lot of first-generation Korean people has and come to this country because of language barrier, because only that reason, they're not fully themselves. You know, there was a professor, but here they sell candy. You know, those kind of hurting feeling every day, they want to compensate by church. So if you know really problem where it's come from, I think we don't have to really spiritual or whatever, but uh, practically we can uh, comfort them, lead them right way. And of course, it's necessary. I find out so many people know book of order, but they don't know anything about Bible. Um, our denomination problem is book of order is God. So I don't, I don't take it at all. 
<laughs> our church, we don't follow any book of order. But my, my presbytery, they love us because we pay. You know? I mean, money talks. <laughs> yeah. Am I, am I too secular? No? Am I too secular? <laughs> I, I have to ask him. So I realize people living in this sinful world, not holy church. Our job is those sinful were transformed to holy place. They healing, true healing. So I train my um, leaders, you know, how do we find the true problem is. So many, many times, mostly important issue is money, not a prayer, not a knowledge of Bible. So that's how I deal with it. So, and also, if you come to church, um, you know, Ephesians chapter 123, that's a fullness of a church you have to experience at the church. But it seems like when, when they happy, emotion comes to church, they they very holy and down. <laughs> so I try to fund church. I try to make. It's not much work, but still, I try to do, you know, train my um, um, uh, leadership and enjoy their church life and show those joy to my children. You know? So that is how I deal with the struggle, I think. Okay. Well, how to overcome uh, sufferings or uh, the, the issues, problems? Um, I don't think there, is, um, there are any you know, good advices. Um, you know, I spend time, many times I talk with my wife, but sometimes, you know, I, I, can't, I can't talk about that issue because she's going to get hurt, right? She's going to be depressed. Then it's not going to help our uh, relationship. So, so as, as Pastor Paul said, you know, even though, even though, I mean, we know biblically, but the only way is, is between you and God, you know. I mean, having time with God. Uh, that, that's the, uh, I believe that's the best way and on the only way. The only way. And, uh, and I'm, I'm the person that, uh, you know, when problem occurs, when it happens, then, you know, you're going to suffer, right? So I'm the person that is, before it happens, before, before it comes, how to, how to overcome. So the best way and also still, you know, uh, in my um, 17th year uh, at CCS, we... Uh, like our elders, our session, our elders, all elders, we meet every Saturday after sunrise service, uh, spend about 10 minutes uh, personal prayer time, and then we meet every, every Saturday. We spend about an hour and a half. Uh, during that time, I talk, you know, I talk a lot about what I'm thinking about the church and what it should be and uh, what are the issues, what are the things. So, so I believe the communication Communication is, uh, you know, very important because if you don't know that person and if you don't know, as Pastor Ingi said, if you don't know the, the, the struggles they are facing or 
uh, you know, the issues they are kind of having, you know, how can you really uh, share, I mean, you know, get, get to the right point? So, yeah, communication. Communication is, is very important. If I add one more thing, <clears throat> well, this is not something, you know, Bible verse says it or something like that, but for me, when you're going through some ministry struggle and problem, don't share with your wife. Because your wife cannot handle that. You know, the, we face that person so we can deal with that. But if wife hears that, she does not know what to do. I think your generation, and because of the transparency, you know, you, you're kind of thinking that I'm obligated to share everything with my wife. But think about it. Whatever you share, does it edify her? So my wife, for a long time, she did not know I had a problem with that elder. So, you know, if your wife gets hurt, and if she cannot cope with that, then very good chance that you're not going to survive in the church. So be wise. Um, you, know, you don't have to uh, share everything that does not edify or does not help her. Because she cannot deal with that person. You know, you go to Sunday, if she heard about that, how is she going to, what kind of facial expression does she supposed to have it, right? So it is the best that she does not know. That, that's my philosophy. I do not share much about ministry matter. So my uh, church members knows that. So they don't go to my wife. Did you hear about this? You know, they in the beginning they did that. Then they really find out that my wife does not know anything about it. <laughs> so, so they just leave her alone. Um, that's my advice. We have uh, our final question from Don, and then uh, we'll finish this portion of our schedule for today. Father and son or father or daughter, we have, we believe in women in ministry, right? So. 
<laughs> we go by age. We go by, we go by age. <laughs> Youngest one. Youngest one. <laughs> um, well, when I grow my children, um, we didn't have much this kind of conference or learning anything. You know, especially someone who can speak English well, whether a believer or not, they become a jando. <laughs> that, that time, that kind of stuff, also New Jersey has many churches. Someone go through a seminary, but they don't believe anything. So they had a lot of problems. But uh, right now, I think uh, really good to um, um, children growing up. But um, as I said before, um, I think people learning to by lecturing or intellectually reading books, go to school, I think it has a very important learning opportunity. But I think um, spiritually or personal character making and that kind of uh, thing is at home. So I think discipleship should be making by home, not a church. So church should be home environment. <laughs> and so how do I do that? Um, even we have a change, you know, first generation Korean is a calling name is very important. So you guys are Paul or David, but we are so many different Names like uh, 장로님, 집사님, 목사님, that name carry some kind of heavy notion. So in, in first generation KM, we change 장로님, 집사님, rather we call 형제님, 자매님, brothers and sisters. If you're older than 20 years, you call mother and father, 어머님, 아버님, like that. That, that calling name itself is free our church uh, spiritually very much. That, that free um, release our something heavy names calling thing is relate to our children. So in the church, we uh, unconditionally try to serve each other. It's not a program. It's, it's your heart want to do it. You know, uh, sometimes I ask my uh, KM leadership, I ask him, how are you doing your ministry? Oh, is it hard? You have a problem? And they said, yes. Then that day, he stopped ministry because it's, it's time to recharge. So people have to have ministry enjoyable whether come from prayer, come from biblical reading, or whatever that Bible study, whatever. So that environment, uh, probably my children had to learn to at home. So we have a very emphasis of um, home worship service. Even though parents are not speaking English much, if they throw a couple of words, children's just making sentence. I don't understand what I'm saying. <laughs> but anyway, so my children's learn very easily. 
and uh, their home is always open. The stranger always in and out, and they are easily open their heart to the other people. So, and also David and me, because as I said before, I don't have much choice. I'm still I'm shaking when I think about him leaving. That's impossible. Can't be happen. <laughs> so whatever he want, you know, I whatever have to obey. <laughs> and, David, uh, how do we get to that place? Yeah, but uh, <laughs> it, it's not. Um, this is my attitude, and, and also my KM um, elders and uh, deacons, those people are already more than 10 years those serving those house church ministry. So they know what is a serving is. You know, they meet so many different, you know, weird people already. So, you know, whatever that personality or conflict or relational problem, I don't think it's really a problem. Because that's an opportunity. It took me 10 years to realize those kind of things. So, um, you know, whatever that harvest to do, want to do, and if, if it's not really against the Bible, I mean, we, everything allow, everything try. And uh, we never rebuke. Only rebuking is David and me personally, but <laughs> uh, some other chance we always encourage. And um, so those family spirit is try not to lose in uh, older generation, younger generation, whole church generation. And I'm going to approach your question, uh, kind of remake out of the question this way, that does ministry come first or family come first? Um, yeah, I heard that question a lot and, you know, like, Previous generation, ministry was always first. And second generation, your generation is family's first. But I heard a very um, wise advice by Warren Willsby saying that it is like a, like a coin. Family and the ministry cannot be separated. You know, you just think about it. Um, you make your family priority, and then if your ministry is suffering, then your family is going to eventually get suffered too. So it goes together. Um, how you balance is very important. You know, when my children were young, um, I had a lot of nighttime visitation. So we made a, um, the rule in a sense that um, we're going to eat dinner 5 o'clock every day, no matter what. Meal is very important for us. So I went home 5 o'clock, had a dinner with the family, and then, you know, take care of the children, and then, you know, they go to bed earlier, and then I went visitation, and then I ate again. <laughs> so, so, you know, back then I gained a lot of weight because I've been eating, like, dinner twice. But for us, having a meal is very important. Even now with my wife, um, we are always having breakfast together. So we have a breakfast 4.30 in the morning. Get up. Yeah, so people got so shocked when they hear it, but we get up around 420, and she goes down and prepare the breakfast, and we pray together, have, you know, about a good, you know, 40 minutes of breakfast, you know, you talk, and, and that's how we start the day. I, I do not neglect the family because of uh, a ministry, because if family is not there, eventually your ministry is going to get suffered. 
So you have to just balance, but you have to find out, you know, what is important for your children, what is important for your wife, and then you have to find out the way that you can balance both of them. And ministry relationship, yes. I mean, you know, Pastor John and I, uh, nowadays actually we have a separate building office, so we don't bump into as much as, you know, we used to be, but we used to eat every lunch together. You know, so we, we used to meet every day. Um, we talk about it and stuff. So as I, we, we said, you know, chemistry is very important in our ministry, but you need to balance that. You just have to balance that. Don't, you cannot succeed your ministry by making your family suffer, or you cannot succeed, you know, other way around either. You have to do, you know, both of them wisely. <laughs> well, um, you know, it's, it's, it's always hard. It's always hard, and it's always hard to be make balanced life. Um, but I noticed that, you know, when I came to, when we immigrated to the United States, my father was uh, 50 years old. Uh, when I became a 50 and thought about my, my father, man, you know, he couldn't speak English. He doesn't know anything, but he came for family. And very next day, he started working. Mm. He did the, like a, uh, you know, the dishwash at the restaurant. Whatever he uh, could for the family, he did. And uh, But at that age, I was, I kind of felt shame. You know, because when people ask me, you know, what, 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 is, what, what is your father doing? Then it's hard. It's, for me, it's hard to say because he's working at restaurant. I mean, in Korea, uh, you know, we, he, he had a good job. But, um, but after, after many years later, uh, I really honor uh, him and I really thank uh, him and respect him. So, yeah, for... I, I noticed that uh, my kids, my two sons, um, uh, you know, it's, I mean, it would be really nice that if you can spend more time, but, you know, real life uh, is not. It's hard, right? And also with, with your, uh, you know, pastors also. But so one thing is I noticed is uh, be faithful. Be faithful to your ministry. I mean, what, whatever you do, just be faithful. And uh, the integrity and things. Then I noticed that uh, someday or later, uh, you know, the the children children they they really honor and respect uh, uh, parents. And so, um, as a minister, yeah, we try we try to have better relationship. We try to understand. I mean, you know, every every pastor they do, but. The reality-wise, sometimes it is really hard. But uh, yeah, one thing is be faithful uh, to your ministry and be faithful to each other. Then I think uh, uh, we all uh, come up to understand each other and to really bless each other. Yeah, and uh, um, you know, you 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 are in very uh, very important important role uh, as a as a like a you know, second generation pastors as a leader. And uh, yeah, you are in very important role. Uh, how to really 
uh, how to really bless uh, you know this nation and the whole world and because uh, you know the first generation always we say we are we immigrant to united states for our children our kids right so uh, they are in your hands they are in your hands and so i hope that uh, you can be uh, very faithful to god and faithful to your wife or husband and faithful to church and uh, faithful to each other and so um you know you uh you really uh lead them to be a channel of blessing to the world yeah thank you thank you let's give a round of applause to our panelists thank you.